Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. Hello, Sheila. And uh, well, we're we're finally finished the the Mob Family arc, which again is its official title on the the side of the DVDs, which is crazy. It's a terrible title for this. Uh, it's hard to come up with a better one. Uh, I'd go with Heir to the Throne. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be nice. That's what I would call the arc. They're like mob family. Uh, okay. Uh, it's interesting. Right? Because, uh, as I said last time, there really is a bit of a gap here. Because after we wrap up the quote-unquote mob family part, right, we then have to look into the... Uh, the, we then have to look into sleepwalk, which closes the door on the whole Amber relationship. Yeah. And it's, um, well, and I just think that it's probably more important. Like I, I actually, we were talking about it as if somehow or another, it isn't the sort of end of the arc, but what it is, it really is. If you think of the arc as only looking at, we're talking about the end of the arc now, rather than sleepwalk. So we need to about sleepwalk but yes what you need to do is think of it as this is the last or this is the look for Vinny at or the look at who Vinny is like it's basically looking at who Vinny is looking at probably his finally coming to terms with his relationship to his job. Yeah. Um, and he needs, and therefore, and I, okay, let's just talk about sleepwalk because it yeah. was, it was such a good episode in so many ways. It, was, it really is. This time watching it, I'm just going, it is a really good episode. Well, I mean, and as it's as you say, it's because it digs in. Yeah, you know? and it just the the thing that is has been underlying this whole arc. Yeah, comes to resolution here. I know, and I think that um, that I mean, and it was so friggin' funny. I mean, even yeah, there's the a lot of funny things in this episode. <laughs> some of it was just just hilarious but i mean it really digs into i mean amber has so much righteousness to speak <laughs> i know she's I just listen- dropping truth constantly in this episode i and i'm listening to her and i'm going i have to admit i was killing myself laughing because omg is it so- <laughs> true based on my personal experience (laughs) more than once oh no (laughs) i have been involved with italian males more than once right and there are italian male psychoses that are just culturally (laughs) this is like unbelievably culturally accurate (laughs) to how they behave Or as one of my girlfriends would say, yes, but Sheila, he doesn't have to feel because you do his feeling for him. 
right? Yeah, that's I'm, that's that's a basis for a satisfying relationship. No, she said this to me once, and I'm crying. Oh my god! I, I you know, like you, you kind of, um, kind of go, uh, um, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. But it, then, then Amber. I mean, for what? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what Amber said to. Oh, someone. absolutely. You know, right. That's... Yeah, I do it all for you. Yep. You don't have to do it because I do it. Exactly. <laughs> I like... handle all the emotional stuff, and you just show up every now and then. Like, no, that's not a relationship. <laughs> oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> you said it in a different way. Like I was listening to this, and I was going. I don't know that it has ever struck me this way before, but this time, for whatever reason, maybe I'm further away from all of those relationships, plus, you know, and then I'm thinking about the elder son and the younger son, and and it was also that sort of thing, and I'm going, yeah, both times, (laughs) you know, and um, wow. That's amazing. But, you know, you know, you can go read, and it, it's good. <laughs> I mean, anyway, so let's get, so yes, this is. All right, so the episode opens, yes. It's a really, <laughs> I mean, just say suffice to say, we're going to be very positive about this episode. Yeah. Uh, we have been, well, okay, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're going to, but I mean, it's not bad. It's very true, and it's people saying stuff nakedly that has been subtext up until this point and i find that really interesting and believe me you're gonna know when we start talking about that that scene all right uh so let's get into it the episode starts with dinner at lifeguard's house and i know this is gonna sound crazy lifeguard actually has a house and he's got he's got another house like he's obviously investing all his money in property oh of course because he's got the other one that Frank is the superintendent of. Yep, he's got no, he's got a building. Yeah. Oh no, I, I suspect this is that That's building. Cool. Yeah, he's got a oh no, no, you're right, because that was it a um yeah. No, you're right. That was like a, a duplex and he needs someone to live there, and that's where Frank's living. You're right. So yeah, this is another place we hadn't heard about before. So yeah. he doesn't just live in the uh the warehouse where we always see him. He does get time off, as crazy as that sounds for a guy. <laughs> for A, a guy who does the job he does, you know, watching over undercover people, and also for the kind of person all of these guys are. It's so weird to imagine them with time off. Well, except that that's, that's the thing. We don't see their downtime while they're preparing a new case. Oh, that's true. And I would assume, you know, that that even though Lifeguard has more than one, he must get and he has replacements, right? Oh, absolutely. No, no, right. we, we'll we'll meet one of them this season. Like, there are other people who take these calls, you know. Lifeguard, I mean, there's, there's medical emergencies, there's vacations, there's any reasons he couldn't come to the phone, and there are other people to take these calls when he's not available. And trust me, Vinny is not very understanding about any of that. <laughs> of course not. God, what a self-involved... I know... But you know, he was a mama's, you know, mama's boy all the way through. Like, (laughs) uh, taught that you know, essentially told that he was perfect, told that he was special. Like, he was absolutely, you know, doted on in every conceivable way. 
And the older one, you know, the older one becomes the priest. And... Yeah, gets sent off to the priesthood. And the, uh, the younger one has to, like, keep the family going. And, you know, and live up to all of the family, uh, live up to everything you expect from the family to be successful. That's all on the younger one, while the yeah. older one goes off and becomes a priest and does right by. Because you got to give one kid to God. <laughs> That's just how it works. Yes, it made a lot more sense when you had 10 kids or 12 kids. But That's true. Yeah, that you would always give the uh, one of the kids to God. And, you know, as a little thank you for all the kids. <laughs> you and I may have found that a bizarre thing to say, but that's really how they acted. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, believe me, I know you know. <laughs> you know <laughs> Italians. <laughs> um, and Irish. Oh, God, yeah, the Irish... Say. The Irish did it exactly the same. You're right. Yeah. yeah. As I said, thank I mean, I always, I always said, well, I said it could have been worse. I could have been raised Catholic. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, I know. Even my past. Uh, yes. That yeah, would have. Oof, that would have been even rougher. So. And you wouldn't be here. I know. <laughs> All right. So um, they're at dinner at Lifeguards and they wanted to have a dinner with Vinny because they're they're dropping their big piece of advice, which is that it's time for Vinny to get out of the field. Mm -hmm. He has been there, as he is referred to on the show uh, more than once, a long ball hitter. Like he has been yes. a guy who has pulled off miraculous things. Right. And now... He literally just took down the commission, right? He has gotten the biggest, like, win against organized crime uh, since that meeting got busted up in the 50s. You know, yeah. that, uh, so this is, this is huge. And as they say, you want to go out on a win. And he's like, I'm at, top of my, I'm at the top of my game. And they're like, that's the time to get out. Because this isn't the kind of job where if you make a mistake there are second chances, you know? So they are making some really good points about how this should be it for him, but he's not ready to let it go. Yeah. Because again, he likes being the best at something. He likes being the guy who they have to go to. He likes, really, he likes way too much about his life as a guy working in this field. And I think in this arc, I mean, it's pretty clear when he says he should just join the mob and the mob would give him the rush he needs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like he was only half joking when he said that. Well, no, as Frank said in that episode, when he said I should join the mob, at least they eat better. And as Frank in the episode uh, said in the episode, you're only saying that because you mean it. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's meant as a joke, but there's also a level of truth to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. he makes as much sense as a mobster as he does a cop. He really yeah, does. Is, well, that's why it works so well. Yeah. That's why he's able to be, play the long game. Oh, yeah. Because and what's interesting is, oh, please continue. I was going to say, this is the world that I suspect, as we will learn in this episode, if it hadn't been for his father, he might be in. Yeah, he could have ended up in this world. Yeah. If it hadn't been for the influence of his dad, of this, like... His dad's uh, so death. He has a... Well, yeah, his dad's death. And the then the positive influence his dad had in his life. 
as he said, like, it was tough when he was growing up, but as he became a teenager, we learned earlier, they really did start getting along. And he started appreciating all of the sacrifices his dad had made for him and everything his dad tried to do to him, which is what he talks about in this episode. But the big, the big takeaway of this scene is he doesn't want to stop doing it. They want him to stop and he doesn't want to. And they say, like, you could do, uh, you could do wiretaps, you could collect data, or, and he's, of course, absolutely he doesn't want to do wiretaps. He does not want, well, and we get, we get the setup for this, of course, with the rag trade. Up. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's what, uh, John Henry was doing. Just yeah. listening in on people. And still, still he, and then he had to do this one final episode to figure to figure out for himself that if he ever wanted a life, he had to get out 100%. Yeah, there's like no there's going no, back. There's no going back because he, like Vinny, is addicted to the rush. Yeah. And so they suggest maybe you could uh, maybe you could coach people. Like maybe you could teach people how to be undercover. Like right? We always need good uh, instructors for this kind of work. And he's like, no, that's what old men do. You know? <laughs> Like, that's what old men who can't hack it anymore do, right? And that's why, and it's like, he's still self-identified. Like, he's got this idea of himself as this this young, essentially, hero who gets the job done when no one else can. And he can't admit that he is expendable, you know? <laughs> that there comes a day when they don't need him anymore. And he's not ready to hear that. Yeah, so, well, yeah. then... Yeah, the day it isn't a there's a day that will come that they won't need him anymore there's a day i mean and that day is every day they can get maybe he was he was he was the a plus plus guy for this job oh yeah right he's not necessarily the a plus plus guy for all the jobs no and um there will be places where he isn't going to fit oh absolutely and we will we will discuss that at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna that's definitely gonna come up. Well, it's interesting because you watch him and you're like, this is I mean, it's again, we all talk about how good Ken Wall is on this show. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> all the time. Like that's just it's one of our main themes is how blown away we are by Ken Wall on this show. And he really is incredible. And in this scene, like he really does such a great job of selling how out of sorts and how like adrift Vinny is like he really doesn't know what he's doing anymore right? okay. and please oh no I was just going to say that it's like with his and it's it comes up so well at the end of last episode with his tossing away Rudy right with his saying that like he has lost his family he has lost everything he thought he could trust and you're like okay well what does he have left he has the job and so they spot what he's doing and say like really aren't you just hiding from your life by being other people and because it's like if you keep being other people forever and i mean i know he's not other people he's undercover in his own name but if you keep living this fake criminal version of Vinny terranova you never have to live your actual life and talk about what you actually want and so that's how they bring it back around to Amber. But this is, yeah. And, and, but this goes to what I always say. Yeah. The only fake, the only fake thing about the Rose, the only complaint I ever had about the movie, the Rose. Yeah. 
right? It's it's hard to watch now, but uh, I tried to watch it again, and it's really difficult to watch. Uh, Tell people what The Rose is before you continue, because oh. a lot of people haven't seen it. It's a movie from the 70s. No, yes, it's a movie from the late 70s. Yep. And it's Bette Midler starring in a sort of... Fictionalized star, version of. Fictionalized version of Janis Joplin's yeah. life career as a musician and following at the end and Janis Joplin of course died of a heroin overdose mm-hmm. probably accidental in her motel room yeah and that is as I said that isn't going to end a movie no right? so they have her die on stage and I'm going that's the only flaw because that's the only place and Vinny is the same that's the only place they feel alive. You don't, unless you have a bad ticker and you could die of a heart attack on stage, but that seldom happens. No, you're alive on stage and it's really hard for anyone who gets that kind of adulation or that kind of rush to live without it. It is, you know, it's like these addictions. This is why they, so many of them end up doing, particularly heroin because it calms everything down. Mm-hmm. Not so much the cocaine. The cocaine creates madness. Yep. And, I mean, that's why you had speedballs. That's why yeah. John died of an accidental overdose of a speedball. Mm-hmm. You know, with a speedball, cocaine, and heroin mixed together. It, which again, you say that out loud, and it seems like the craziest idea possible. <laughs> and it's injected. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so one of them, so the heroin takes the edge off and the cocaine keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The With the off. heroin, you don't get paranoid and you get, don't get jittery. But of yeah. course you're essentially asking your body to do two opposite things at once. And that's incredibly hard on your body. Yeah. And, um, so, and I mean, I still, which just they, they tried to, they tried to get, um, the woman who actually administered it. Yeah. On murder charges, you know, uh, second degree murder charges. I mean, what a stupid thing. <laughs> well, to be fair, the reason that they, um, okay, I'm conspiracy corner for a second. Uh, they, they, the reason they tried to do that charge and then they made it go away is because the woman was a police informant who had been essentially hired by the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department to like key like essentially get a high profile arrest for them. So essentially keep John Belushi in a hotel room so they can come and bust him and have a big front page arrest. Yeah, but but that d- yes. And so but the thing is they didn't want to admit that they murdered John Belushi, so they treated her like she well obviously accidentally. It's an accident. It's criminally negligent homicide. But they didn't want to know, they didn't want to say that they paid for that to happen. So they massively overcharged her, then waited for the story to die down, then let her go, basically. So, yeah. just saying, t- t- like, Dan Aykroyd's written a lot about this, is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and certainly Sting Operation, I mean, it's a Sting Operation. It is. It was, and... You know, it went, It was a sting operation that, like so many sting operations, go wrong. Horribly awry. 
Yeah. yeah. You're right. So, it's not a it's not a strange thing at all. No, I like operation I to turn it into a disaster. A conspiracy. It's just a oh, sting no. operation that went wrong. Oh yeah, they weren't trying. No, you're absolutely right. They weren't trying to kill him. That was just the end result of the horrible war on drugs nonsense they were perpetuating. Yeah, anyway, but to get back to Janice Joplin, yeah. right? I mean, that that is the thing I say. And Vinny, that's really what this reminds Vinny does not know who he is not really when he's not in the field when he's not in the field he, yeah. he is at, at loose ends he doesn't know what to do he doesn't you know it's this whole thing and you will find that but it is because that adulation that he gets from yep. being in the field and being so successful because mm-hmm. he's good at it he's really good at it he can turn himself into somebody else and oh yeah very very easily and it is uh, you know we don't ever find enough but i would well I, I i could do a deep deep dive into his psychology um oh, yeah. as but within the show what you're just seeing is the end result of the childhood he must have had yeah and therefore you know he can't can't function outside of the job and yeah like there is there is a context in which he feels alive and this is like as you say the most approval he's ever gotten for anything in his life so of course he wants to keep doing it he doesn't know how to stop doing it he doesn't know how to do anything else the adrenaline rush and the being on the edge of of being caught all the time and pushing the envelope all the time yep you know i mean you just get something positive from it. And in his case, it is extreme. Yeah. Even Raglan was not that extreme. No, no, not as bad as Vinny is. No, no. No, it's so, it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, but these, these long, long, long-term, or these long, long-haul... Yeah, the the ultra, as they say, the uh, super deep undercover people who, you know, don't get to have their own identity outside of the job anymore. Yeah, and we've we've already talked, you know, about his his loose ends when he's in the neighborhood, and and oh, yeah. he, he lies to himself all the time. Absolutely, like that's that's right at the core of who he is is yeah. lying to himself about this stuff. And what he really wants is is all of this stuff. And, you know, and he wants to, you know, have the family and he doesn't want anybody in the neighborhood. I mean, he wants to live the neighborhood life and mm-hmm. uh, give me a break. You know, I know, you right? Gotta, you got to come to terms with what you really love, who you are. Yep. And then maybe you can have a life. Yeah. But to think that you can have the life your parents had. No, of course not. He was never, you know, he was never going to have that life yeah. for a lot of reasons. So let's get back to the episode. <laughs> well, no, but it's worth talking about because this is like all the stuff you're talking about is like the water in which he's swimming. Like this is what he's going through right now. This is what he's butting up against. This is why he's so conflicted and why in a lot of ways he's so miserable. And the thing I like about what Frank says is, uh, uh, is that his pitch is that how would you like to, you know, not have to sleep with one eye open? You know? Yeah. 
<laughs> like at the end of the day, it's that simple. Like you're never going to get to relax as long as you keep doing this job. You're never not going to be, as they say, like unbelievably alert all the time if you're yeah, doing this job. You know what the funny thing is, is he is never going to be able to not be Vinnie Terranova the crook. Yes. Because if he ever is, if if he, he's got to find some way mm-hmm. to become and have a life and retire from the life, but yeah. it's retiring from the life. It's oh, yeah. not retiring, it's not going and working in the FBI and then becoming Vinnie Terranova. No, he's always he's always going to have this. That's one of the funny things about this this idea that somehow or another there would be a time when Vinnie Terranova person yeah right um could ever become detached from that they could never out him as an no, of course not for his entire life yep because there will be somebody there will be that, somebody who's going to come looking for him yeah and if so, they found out he was a fed so yeah he's he's trapped with this forever yeah and so this this whole idea you know of well, putting him as Don Ayupo's running the commission through Vinnie Terranova and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like now we're we're talking, but we'll keep talking because it's all integrated into this episode. We oh, yeah. almost are not going to have to do a separate discussion. Of- I know. Oh. Well, we also did a lot of our recap last week with that yeah, epic are- length episode. Yeah. And the and this is is quite good. Oh yeah. Um so we're we're um yeah it, it really is a denouement like that's the thing we talk about the importance of denouements like because in a way you could say well wasn't the conversation with uh don Ayupo the denouement no that was the climax that was yeah. the climax because it was the end of their relationship and even like, then he's lying to himself oh She's- of course he is and that's what this episode is all about so he goes to see he finishes talking to them he goes to see amber who is having a party right yeah and he just walks in and they start making out and they run for the bedroom and her uh, her friend closes like just closes out the party and brings everybody back to his place because they're not going to be seeing amber anymore tonight (laughs) it's a funny little scene Oh, I I loved it. You yeah, know, it's a really good scene. <laughs> Except I will I you know anyway. Well, we'll yeah. we'll get it more. Like it is it is amazing how clear it is that yeah they should not be together. Oh, absolutely. Because this is her world and this is her life, and Vinny can't stand these people. Yeah, he's homophobic. Oh, absolutely, he is. You know. He doesn't see any value in the arts. Yeah. You know, I mean, now, and that's Vinny. Yeah. Vinny in the music arc. Oh, yeah. Get along with everybody. Of course, because it was the job. But now that he's being himself, he doesn't want to hang out with these people who are, you know, crazy people on the moon. He might like music, but he doesn't want to, like, have to deal with artists. You know? No, no, no. Because they're all they're all weird they're all weird and they use drugs and there's as you say a lot of gay people around you know you know it's just it's not his scene 
it's her life it's her friends but this just isn't his scene and so they go back they have sex and the next morning she tries to kick him out because this isn't a relationship no, you know eyes your eyes out oh yeah really good scene in the morning like yeah. the whole, that whole scene right oh it's fantastic and then she suggests therapy, therapy? <laughs> i know and it's like right away the idea well it's like we remember how skeptical he's been of therapy in the past and he needed it and it did work but it was like pulling teeth yeah you know like it's just not something he's comfortable doing because of <laughs> the toxic what nothing go on okay weird part to laugh madly and then say nothing but anyway <laughs> i'm sorry uh but anyway i know it's fascinating because it that's just what it's like for him like he doesn't want to rely on other people in that way and he doesn't want to open himself up and like it being to a neutral third party arbiter right uh it doesn't make it easier for him like he can't open himself up to amber but he also can't open himself up to some random person that the OCB sends him to. Because, of course, you need specialized therapy if you're an undercover cop. <laughs> you can't go to a regular therapist because a lot of, you know, there are, as she says, specialized, like, mental issues and relationship is issues created by being in a relationship with someone who is a undercover agent. Yes. So they have to have a whole thing to specialize in that. And she says the big thing. It's like, well, why does your relationship work? They have great sex. Okay, so beyond that, do you work as a couple? <laughs> like, try getting away from your lives and just spending time with each other and see if you work as a couple without just falling into bed every five minutes. So and, no yeah. sex. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that the, the key that you get here, right, is the look on Vinny's face when when she asks them what works and Amber says, well, we have really fabulous, great sex. Yeah. And Vinny is just horrified that she would say something like that. To a stranger. Yes, I know. He is scandalized. Yeah, that's exactly the look on his face. He yeah. is completely scandalized. Yeah that she would possibly say this to a person. And so he has to like sheepishly agree. Yeah. And that's the best he can manage <laughs> is sheepish agreement. So many is it good sex? Yeah. I know. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. All right. And that's the best he can offer. Dude. So you got to go away. Yeah. For a weekend, a long weekend. Long, yeah, well, she suggests a week and gets immediate visual pushback on that. So it's like, make it a long weekend. But like, get away, spend time with each other, don't have sex, figure out if you work as a couple. Yeah. And so they go up to, uh, they go up, of course, to Dan's cabin. Yeah. Which we had established last season, uh, right, right after the music trade. And right yeah. after the the music industry arc, they established that one uh, that location, and so now we're going back there, and uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty good. We meet the guy who uh, runs the well everything basically, <laughs> the guy who runs everything in town, rents the cars, you know, gets people, uh, yeah, handles the like 
uh, the the video business handles just every little thing that the vacationers might need. And let's face it, like uh, pretty much anything they might need. Yes. And he is, and, and he is a really good host. Oh yeah, absolutely. This guy's a fantastic host. You would absolutely be comfortable like staying in this guy's place. 100%. Uh, so they get a, they, uh, they asked for a convertible and they end up with a Jeep because it's <laughs> Vermont. Did they think there was going to be a caddy up here? You're driving on a dirt road in Vermont. Closest thing is a Jeep. Closest thing is a Jeep. It was like the only thing we had with a rag top. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But it just shows that, you know, profoundly, this is not their vibe. <laughs> they are New Yorkers. They are absolutely New Yorkers. So they they go up to the cabin and they find that, you know, as anyone could see, these are not people who are good at living without constant stimulation. Yeah. They just aren't. Like, they don't know how to cope with just, as the is shown, sitting in a room and playing Scrabble. Like, that, they're just not comfortable doing that. They do a wonderful job of all the words. Oh, God, it's a very funny scene. It's absolutely hilarious, yeah, the, the a, whole scene. Yeah, the whole scene is very funny. But it, it just goes to show that it's like they don't know how to just be, be. people yeah. together. And... <laughs> You know, it's tough for them. Uh, just, you get a couple of good scenes. And then we get uh, a key scene, right? Which is we cut back to Lifeguard, right? And we cut back to Lifeguard and Lifeguard's ex-wife shows up uh, to say how frustrated she is and how, you know, like furious that he has completely unannounced given the cabin over to a friend of his when she had planned a getaway for her and some friends of hers that weekend. And it's like, why didn't she clear it with him? And so they have a fight. Like they don't just have a fight. No, this is is like, this is bad. (laughs) Uh, Because not only does he remind her that in the divorce, she got the house and he got the cabin, but he lets her use it all the time because, you know, his job he's means he never... And like he said, he says, because I'm a good guy. But it's really because, you know, his job keeps him from being able to use the cabin ever. Uh, he also doesn't have legs. So it's not like he's going there on his own quite easily. Right? It's, right. it's a tough thing to manage when you have the disability he has. That's just a fact, you know? And so, really, he's kept it because he loves fishing, but you know he's not doing that much. Like, that's just a fact, right? And so it's not... uh, And the key part is, and this is the thing that makes the scene so objectionable, is that essentially he threatens her with using the pull of the federal government against her. He's like, I've had it up to here with your taking advantage of me, if you keep pushing like this, I will put you in the system. And he means that exactly like it sounds. Your life will be hell. Yeah, it's like uh, the IRS will start looking at everything. The DEA will decide that maybe you're involved in a drug cartel. 
right? It's like everything will fall apart immediately and I can make it happen. And you can complain that I'm abusing my authority, but no one will listen to you because I work as part of a brotherhood. And I want to take a moment to reflect on the fact that I know this is a weird thing to compare it to, but he is describing his abilities and his role in the United States government exactly the way Agent Smith described the Matrix in The Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) As this... As this giant machine that you are all trapped in and the only people with power are the ones who are part of the machine. (laughs) It's, it's kind of terrifying. Well, no, and it is, it is, it is this blatant state, right? Of everything you complain about in terms of government, Uh, you know, that they can, that they do have a hell of a lot of power that they don't wield, but they can always wield. Yeah, if they possible, and they can make the choice at any moment to, to, destroy to, cross, to destroy your life. And should anybody have that kind of power? Yeah, and I think it's a statement that probably uh, Canal wanted to make at some point, and this was the best way to make it. Well, and what's great about the scene, what's great about the scene and the performances in this show is it doesn't immediately let him off the hook. He says this horrible thing and she walks off, you know, so she like, she storms out of the place. So she doesn't cry in front of him or freak out in front of him. And he is so mad at himself for having said it. Yep. Like you, he completely pulls it off in his performance because he doesn't want to think of himself as, as corrupt as the people they're chasing, because that's, you know, what the mob is. It's people. I was going to say, grabbing sections of power and abusing it it's people abusing these little fiefdoms of power like that's what that's what they've been fighting his whole life and in this moment he's so furious that he's threatening to become the thing that he spent his whole life chasing okay but and but this is the other point is that he is in downtime as well yes okay so he also gets the big the big thrill and the rest of it however yep. much they all complain about those jobs frank is the only one that is clearly yeah understands after everything he went through with his ex-wife yeah oh god and that's going to get even worse this season Oof. he's going to understand it two more episodes more. about that coming yeah and so what you're getting right is this you know that even mike right even yeah. Uncle Mike, you know, is part of this system and he needs the rush. He needs, he's, he is created for this job. He had to come out of the field, but yeah. you can imagine that he too was as addicted to the field. And you'll see that he did not go into data collection and into stakeouts. No. He, he wanted to keep the thrill. Yeah. yeah, he wants to be the guy who, when there's an emergency, he's the first call. Like, he wants to feel like he's part of the field. That's why he kept doing this job. Yeah, no matter, I mean, what it, and up to this point, of course, you know, you've sort of kind of felt sorry for him in some ways that, oh yeah, you know, he was so, um, that this job is so taxing and everything else because he's up 
he can be basically hit on. Well, he's basically on. No, he's call. never not on call. Yeah. yeah. When he's the phone when, rings, he has to answer it 24 hours a day. Yeah. Now there are days where the phone doesn't ring at all, but he's got to yeah. be there in case yeah. it does. Yeah. So that's, you know, and he seldom takes, can take any time off, you know, yep. you can go to the bathroom. You yeah. can make, you can eat, you know. You, you can, can make have. yourself a meal. You can go to the bathroom, but you don't. You can't leave the loft. Yeah, and That's the key um, part. And that is basically right. Yeah, he is just as addicted, and he's now just like Frank. And well, Frank has <laughs> other things to do, though. And Frank has yeah. accepted that he's out of the field to a large extent now. Oh, yeah, but he's still connected. Like he's still the job is still Frank. Mm-hmm. But at least he's. You know, he's got more at times. I think he has more perspective on it. More perspective on it. Um, because he's farther this, away. This is your indication that, God, if I'd been married to this man, I would have left him too. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. Break. I mean, th- these are, this is a man, as he said, it was all, you know, I mean, because when you think back to all of the things he said to his daughter, Yep. About this man she's going to marry. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I know because your mother married one. Yep. Right. So he does have at some point that analysis and then he gets pissed off at his wife. Well, of course he should have notified his wife ahead of time. Of course. As soon as he could, you know, I yep. mean, she does have a valid now how she does that may, mm-hmm. may be inappropriate. But he had no Absolutely. right to do any of this and to scream at her about Lauren because that is over. Yep. Lauren is married and yeah. she's married to this guy. And Lauren is, has kept contact with her father ever yeah. since all of that. So why he's bringing this up is just old crap. Well, no, it's old crap. And he's bringing it up because the thing is, this is like the thing his wife did that he feels like he can actually get her with. So he doesn't have to address the fact that, like, it's his own stuff he's angry about. Yeah, and it's his own fault. Oh, of course. Because he was, because he was that. And oh, yeah. It is, it is, it is uh, an interesting segment. I didn't like it. It's very uncomfortable. Well, it's incredibly uncomfortable to watch, but it feels true. Yeah, when you talk about it, like, you just go, yeah. And as I said, he also gets the adrenaline rush and well, and I mean, it's, guys it's, can't it's, get away from it. And this is what I love about it. It's this show's willingness, right, to dig in on the characters. Yeah. And you, I mean, and you saw and this is this is the Mike, right, who wants to get into a friggin bar fight. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. You're calling him Mike because of uh, you're, you're calling him Mike because of no. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Uncle Mike. You don't want to get people confused and think we're talking about Breaking Bad suddenly. But remember, like, this is when he got drunk and tried to get into a bar fight. Yeah, you know, and was hitting on a hitting on this guy's girlfriend. Yep. You know, I mean, and, and doesn't even, you know, and then has to pull the macho macho thing when the yeah, guy is yeah. willing to back off. When he finds out that he's crippled. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, it's, so, there's a lot to this, this character. Yeah. There is a that's- lot going on with this man yeah and and right now he's in downtime and that was the point when they were all at the cabin too yep is they were on downtime because they could go to the cabin yep 
Well, no, and I think yeah. that's the key part, right? Is that it's, it's like you get these guys too far away from the job and they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. They really don't. Like they just don't know how to live if they're too far away from the job. And that is something that we've seen time and again. Yeah, in this particular show. So Oh god, yeah. No, it's just a it actually, uh, it's, it an, actually it's an amazing scene. And it's one of like the best scenes at talking about why the life of these criminals is so seductive to them because it's giving them like being a criminal is giving them permission to act a way they kind of already wanted to act oh yeah you know? and i will i would but you know what's interesting which just dawned on me is i would really i am so sad that we're not going to probably ever get a third season of manhunter mindhunter my mindhunter yeah i, I really because this was starting to delve into that particular problem. Yep. Because you could see it coming with the, with, uh, the you know, the older, the older yeah. guy, and his, right? And, his, and his autistic son. And his and, autistic, you know, uh, let's face it, oof, this is going to be tough to deal with son, the son he adopted. Yeah. And that dead kid. Oof. And all oh, of that those, was a rough season. Yeah, and um, j but just you know relationships and everything else that mm -hmm. you know I, they would have delved into it some more, right? Oh these, yeah, totally. The, the way these guys operate, right? Because Absolutely. anyway, uh, let's get back. Let's get back to Vinny and Amber. Yes. So Vinny is frustrated then the next morning because uh, he didn't have he, sex. Well, not only that, but uh, he didn't have sex. So, of course, he's frustrated in that respect. But also the ex-wife called him yeah. to complain that they were at the, uh, you know, had called him to complain that they were at the apart uh, the apartment, the cabin yeah. and yell at him. And so now he's just frustrated at women in general. <laughs> Jesus, Vinny. <laughs> Except for his sainted mother, of course. Well, of course, except for his sainted Who mother. Who can do no wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God, Vinny. All right. Um, so, yeah. And Amber... Oh, but this is just... Pro oh, projection. Yeah. Oh, God, of course help. it is. They have, another, they have another great conversation. Amber suggests, like, what if we give up? Like, what if we actually try to be a couple? What if I... You know, I've got plenty of money. We can just retire and travel and do whatever. You can stop being a cop. I can stop chasing bands around the world. Yeah. Right. And we can just, we can just be together. And he's like, I might be willing to try that. And we're like, uh, I don't know that you are willing to try that. <laughs> well, no, the both of them are sort of. They're no, they're lying to themselves. Yes. Both of them. They and, both and are. Yeah. Pretty clear. But she says it. Right. And I think you can say that in the moment she says it, she means it. She, oh, of course she means it. And I think he means it, too. Yeah. He's willing you to know? try. Because this is his dream. Remember? Yep. His dream. He wants is, to be the neighborhood guy. He wants to. And even if it's the neighborhood guy with lots of money and he wants to have kids and he wants mm -hmm. to have all of this stuff, because that's what's implied in, in all of this. Right. Oh, yeah. They've got money. They can settle down. They don't have to worry about anything. They can have children. Mm -hmm. They can do all of those dream things that, that they always wanted society, to. Like, well, the society brings you up to expect to yeah. want. 
that this is the ideal, that this is the only way you're going to be fulfilled. They're both Roman Catholics. Yep. And never forget that, right? So this is key. And they could get married in a Roman Catholic church because she's a widow. Exactly. It's not like she's divorced. No, she's and he's never been married before. So it's all there in front of them, that whole family that they're supposed to want. Yeah, that that they've always dreamed that they want, but it's never happened. And I gotta say, at both like uh, at Amber's age, if you really wanted it, shouldn't it have happened by now? No, she marries a guy who's a lot older than her in the music business, and children don't even come up. No, exactly. Oh my god, you know it's it's fascinating because you're right. Like it's speaking back to like it's all heading back to like what do these people want versus what do they say they want and what do they think they want and there are they're not the same thing no the end of the day they are vastly different things like they're the people they they that society tells them they should be and then there's the people they actually are and that's what the whole next scene is about because they head out to (laughs) the local bar the only place in town where you can get a meal and when they get there, <laughs> the guy who runs the, you know, who runs everything, <laughs> is there dressed as Ron Serling. Yes, it was gorgeous. A very funny scene. Mr. and Mrs. Terranova, thinking that they would. I, I can't do a Rod Serling. It's like, oh, I thought they were in for a weekend of bucolic splendor. Little did they know that their trip to the woods had taken a detour into the twilight, twilight. <laughs> it's such a i mean it's a, he does a great impression i don't know who that actor is but he does a great rod Serling, right and then they walk in and it's 50 50s night oh it's so perfect couldn't be more perfect oh such a good joke and and the lead singer for the Thunderbirds is yeah, on the stage. fabulous Thunderbirds, who of course is a guy that they had already like a band that is it's a real band. They're very you know it's like they're very good. Well, and they're the ones them. that the fabulous Thunderbirds are the ones that did uh, Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah, making yeah. Uh, Thunderbirds. No, no, making Thunderbirds is a Bob Seger song. Oh no, that's a Bob Seger. Yeah, Bob Seger song. But anyway, yeah, the Fabulous Thunderbirds—they're a great band. Uh, They—he does a performance of "Who Do You Love," which is fantastic. It's a great performance. Yep. And then he goes and he talks to Amber and he mentions that the band that was backing him are some old friends of him from locally. And surprise, surprise, they're unsigned. So maybe she would like to talk to them about that. And she would. She absolutely would. Because they walk in, she sees him, and she runs right straight to the bandstand. Oh, and yeah, of course, the, the roadies know who she is. Yep, everybody right? does. So, and there's she's a big Vinny. wheel in the industry. Yeah. And she, and there's Vinny sulking at the bar. Yep. That's all he's doing, sulking at the bar. Yeah. And, and then, you know, and even when somebody tries to get him to dance, he goes goes back to the bar he can't stand any of these people Mm -hmm. he watches amber and then and then of course the lead singer for the fabulous thunderbirds goes to the bar and says so you're (laughs) amber's whipping boy (laughs) 
<laughs> and you're like, oh my god. And he's like, can he really be in a relationship where she's the one in charge? Like he, on some level, yes, he can. But beyond that, being an addendum to her life could never feel satisfying to him. And that's what and he is. An and that's what he will be. Exactly. This game. You know, yeah. this is finally, and and he does say to her, he said, you know, she's never going to, she's never going to leave this business. Yeah. She's in this, you know, business. This is who she is. Yeah. This is fundamentally is. who she is. Yeah. She loves this. She's never mm -hmm. going to give up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's fascinating. And he realizes, and it's this, another great character scene, because just by watching her, and watching how comfortable she is and how much she loves it and how good she is at working with these bands, she know he knows she's never going to leave it and she could never be happy. Not If she does. Yeah, if she did. Like, she wouldn't be happy if she tried to leave it and he could never do that to her. Uh, and it, uh, 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 please. But being nice about that. Oh, because yes. Here's, here's the thing, right? That the, the line about Whipping Boy was, I, as I said, so funny. It because is. I don't know if, if you remember the, the big song by Elton John. But anyway, no, I don't. there is a song called Whipping Boy. I'm not thinking uh, anyway. Okay. Um, and, but with Vinny, yes, we, we have already established that he needs a woman to run his life. Yes. Okay. But not in the open. <laughs> no. And the problem with the relationship with Amber is that everybody's gonna know no, that she's running up. things and he's charged. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. You can't do that. No. He could never live like that. Oh no, where everybody would be talking, quote, behind his back. And he doesn't like any of these people. He can't no. stand them. He won't sit down. He won't involve himself at all with nope. anybody in her life. Yeah. He won't even try. Like, he doesn't even try. Nope. And she has the false impression that he really likes this business and everything else, right? Yeah. Because of the music art. Like, oh, she yeah. has this distorted impression of him that she mm -hmm. does not understand and probably never fully will understand Yeah. that that was just Vinny being... Playing a role. Playing a role. Job. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. now to be fair, though, like there was a lot of him. He really did think he was just enjoying the music industry, but like he hasn't internalized in those scenes where he, you know, thinks about him taking it too personally, yeah. like how much he recreates himself for the jobs he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And he really does. Like he recreates himself in these new contexts every time he does it. And that's why the that's why the mob family arc was so hard on him it's because it's the closest he's ever have to been to really being himself you know it's like because not only because there's all of these elements of his what he thought was his actual day-to-day -day life separate from the job is now the job like it's the most personal mission he's ever had yeah. and that's why he's had such a hard time dealing with it and why he's been clinging to amber but like you said like he cannot, he is not the kind of guy who could ever commit himself to the craziness of the music business full time. He just can't. 
oh no because he would he would get too frustrated he, we've already seen him get frustrated and get angry and yeah. all and of if he tried things. to do it without the government backing him up that would be a disaster yeah and i mean and that's clear if you if we go back to the uh, white supremacy arc Oh yeah. Too, when when he, when that little kid Richie is un- doing undercover work, you know, and then he's hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. Yep. You know, and he can't talk. He can't stand it. Waiting yeah. for Richie, and Richie is there's problems, right? And mm-hmm. Richie can't meet 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 them at the set time, and all of these sorts of things. And you know, and we laugh about Frank going, "Yeah, well, now you know what it's like, right?" But that's true. But it's true. And yeah. he can't, he can't, he could never even do Frank's job. No. I don't know how old he would have to be before he could do Frank's job. Yeah. Yeah, he would have to go through a lot before he could do Frank's job. And Frank, remember, was married when he went into this business. Yeah, when he started in the first place. Yeah. yeah. So he was and Frank different- was never deep undercover. Like Frank oh. did the job, but he was never deep undercover like Vinny's. He never like lived a, a whole other life for years at a time. Yeah. You know, he went home like uh he went and, home. and then yeah, like he did. There was a home for him to go to. And he went there. You know, he was never a Donnie Brasco type guy. He's worked undercover and he's worked the field, but he's never done what Vinny did and it requires as you say kind of a different kind of person to be able to so disappear into a role yeah. the way Vinny does. No, it's it's a uh, highly it's a really good episode, but wonderfully. Oh, and then you get the funniest moment in the entire episode. <laughs> when uh they're giving out the dance uh competition prizes and then they give out the award for the person whose costume who best most exemplifies embodied. the series. Yes, most embodies the spirit of the 50s. 50s. <laughs> Vinny <Right>? Terranova. <laughs> Vinny Terranova. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful, it's it's such a good joke. For so many reasons. Well, and I think that's the thing. Well, yes, yes, and that's what I was going to say. The genius of it is, it's a funny <laughs> joke, but it's also the way he's treating Amber. Yeah, it's not just the way he's dressed. But his whole attitude towards worldview is still stuck in the 50s. 50s, yeah. That's why it's such a great line and such a great moment. And he was born in what, the 70s? The 60s. The 60s. The late 60s, yeah. You remember, this is all set in... um, Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. Yeah, so he's born in the late 60s, right? Yeah, born in the late 60s. Living the world of the 50s because that's where his parents lived. Yep, exactly. He's carrying on, like, there. Not he even never, the stuff of his childhood. He's carrying on the stuff of his parents' life. Yeah, and, and he missed the the sort of the rebellions of the 60s and the 70s. Oh, yeah. So he comes of age in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. He, yeah like, he was, like, he was a kid in the 70s, and he was a, a teen in the 80s, and so he missed out on all of this stuff. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Yeah, you know. But embodies the, yeah, he would have. And just as a writer's thing, what a hilarious way to showcase and criticize that aspect of your character by like paying off the fact that he's always dressed like a greaser. But, and his hair even. Yeah, no, of course. You know, I mean, this is the point. He doesn't even have, as we always say, we talk about the Canadian tuxedo. And as I said, he doesn't (laughs) wear a mullet. 
right? No, so no. it's not, no, no, he's like a greaser. His yeah. hair is still in that in that model, like it's like somehow or another, this this mob um thing of the 60s when he was growing up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, of the seven the late yeah. and the 70s, because I tell you, I mean, I've told you this before that we did go to a mob hangout in Pittsburgh. <laughs> And that's what the guys were like. Whoa, whoa, I tell you. And that was the 70s. That was the early yeah. 70s. <laughs> you know, and um, it, there was a, we've, I've already talked about that, so I won't do it again. Yeah, we won't have to. Episode where we talked about that. But it was, it's a fascinating thing that in some ways, and you just look at the 60s, go and watch Goodfellas and look at all of that, right? That's mm -hmm. the 60s and the 70s. And so these are the guys that are hanging around that Vinny's looking up to. Yep. And they're like they And patterning in. himself after. Yeah, and they look like they live in the 50s. Yeah. You know, attitude towards women. Women can't be on the commission. Women, whatever. Women, women, women. Yep. Women are pieces of usefulness. And that's yeah. it there. They are, they are property and they're there to give you sons. Yes, the ones that you marry. Yeah. And that's the other thing. What oh, that's the thing that got me laughing my head off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that if Amber what Amber doesn't know is that the minute she and Vinny get married, yeah. No sex. <laughs> no, no. That fabulous sex is gone. Yeah. The minute she he considers yeah. She can say, yes, the moment she becomes a wife. And if, if you guys don't understand this, go and read Priscilla Presley. Yes. And, and her autobiographies, right? And her relationship with Elvis, mm -hmm. right? And basically, Vinny has a pretty, his relationship with his mother may not be quite the relationship that Elvis's was with his mother, but boy, it's close. Yeah. And so as she said, you know, the, the sex and this is Priscilla Presley, they had all they did everything but yeah, right, have actual intercourse. Once they were married, they had intercourse, that was it. She got pregnant, that was it. Yeah. And and then he went and got his good sex someplace else. Yep. And you know, because now she was a mother. Because now she was the she was now the Madonna with a mother, with yeah. a child, right? So you mm -hmm. can't do that. And that I I it's funny. That's the one thing that didn't get addressed in all of this, because she would have had no experience of that. Because I am sure her relationship with Isaac didn't no, change when they got not married. at all. Of course no. not. But with Vinny, it would have. Oh, and absolutely. As I said, the the Elvis is the closest. As a good example of that. And yeah, I tell you, he wears his hair like Elvis and he dresses, you know. Oh, he's got a real fixation on Elvis. Absolutely, he has a fixation on Elvis. And James Dean. Well, of course. <laughs> of course, right? Come on. All of these guys with their James Dean obsession. Or who is it? Who is, oh, Rita Chiarelli has this yeah. song where she, where she feels like uh, James Dean. She has this dream, right? Yeah where she's like james dean but never mind it's one of her blues songs it's one of her own songs canadian, canadian female blues singer guys just in case <laughs> you wonder who rita chiarelli is got some she's fabulous if you've never heard her go look her up there isn't much on youtube but youtube sure on spotify and everything you can find else. her gotta be 
stuff. Anyway, gotcha. but yeah, that was that was something else that dawned on me yesterday when I was watching this and I'm going, oh God. Yes, but that fabulous sex will go. Yeah. Because oh, as long as it's because as long as it's illegitimate, it isn't real. And yep. I that's never gets addressed, right? And that basically is why his mother is in some ways is very upset because he's not having he can go out and have sex with whoever he wants yep because you know and then he can go to confession and confess it right Mm -hmm. as long as as she says as long as he wears his the surgeon general right as long as he listens to the surgeon general's warning and that is the crack where amber is concerned because they're not married and mm-hmm. therefore, they she shouldn't be if she's a good Catholic girl, even yeah, though she's she shouldn't be having sex. She should yeah. not be having sex. And mm-hmm. that's his mother. And that was ingrained in him from the time I'm pointing right now, right? As if I'm <laughs> but that would have been ingrained in him from oh, his the whole life. time he was born. There Absolutely. are good women and there are bad women. And the bottom line is, is that if you marry a bad woman, she becomes a good woman. And you don't mm-hmm. have sex with good women. You only have basic sex, missionary yeah. position sex. Yes, for procreation and no other reason. Yeah, for the purposes of rearing children. Yeah, anyway. I mean it's it's disturbing to say, but this is this is what's going through his head, and it's what people. Oh, this it is, is it's in well, his, no, it's not even going right. through his head. He doesn't. He probably doesn't even realize it. That's true. He doesn't realize that that all of a sudden his attitude towards Amber will change. If they oh, absolutely. And the idea, thank God, that this particular incident in the bar, and it was someone that Amber knew, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> happened, right? Yeah. Because, you know, they could have easily gone down that other road. Oh, yeah. The next day, of course, as she says, but it was just the rush and the thrill. And of course, mm-hmm. they go home. He doesn't want to have sex. <laughs> oh, it's such a good scene. Yeah, you know, he's tired. He doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's right. Using, using sex as a weapon yep. in the relationship. And men do it as well as women. Of I mean, course. Men always complain about how women use it as, as a weapon. But and men, men do too. And the problem is men are very violent when they use oh, yeah. happen often. But oh, this absolutely. is, but that's exactly what this is. Yeah, this is he's, Vinny he's has withholding. <laughs> Vinny yeah, he's withholding a... sex. Yep. Like that's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> to try and punish her for ignoring him at the bar. Yeah. Like it's as simple as that. Like it's not yeah. a complicated you know, it's not a complicated series of things. He feels like he was ignored at the bar and he's being pissy about it. Tell me, been there, done that more than <laughs> once. There you go. You know, if you're a woman, you can't have a life. Not not with my Italian husband, but with my German husband, that was even, that was a big problem. (laughs) Well, no, like it's, well, it's not like these issues of toxic masculinity are unique to any one nationality. No, well, that's what, you know, that's whenever somebody said, you know, said to me, well, you know, the next, the the next marriage, you got to pick an ally. (laughs) Well, it's, spoiler alert, that can be hard to figure out, though. 
these days that can be not only can it be hard to figure out, but I'm going, do you really think it's going to be any different? Come <laughs> on. At least, at least with men around my age, give or take. Yeah. You know, give me a break. <laughs> um, oh man. So at the end of the day, like the next morning, they're finally able to see like what has been patently obvious this whole time. It's it's just not going to work. No. It's just never going to work. And they're both grown up enough to admit it. And in the same way, like the minute that uh, the all of the stuff happened with Lifeguard last time, like Frank and Vinny just got that, you know, beat feet out of there the second they didn't have to be there anymore. <laughs> like, I'm not saying she was trying to make a point, but Amber literally hires a plane to take her back to New York. <laughs> you know, literally like gets on a plane to immediately get back to New York. Uh, well, you know, leaving Vinny at the cabin for a little while longer. And so, and then you get this weird ending scene. Yeah, that, that was weird. Are the stars yeah. out tonight? Yeah. Why didn't they cut that one? They must have... Well, no, all of the, it's interesting. I think it was an in for a penny, in for a pound situation. Cause it's like, they got to pay for who do you love or you're missing three minutes of the episode. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a full performance, right. Uh, while all the characters, while the characters are doing things and important stuff is happening on screen. Right. And I think it really is an in for a penny in for a pound. They just paid for all the music in this week's episode. Yeah. Although I say that, but when they're in the bar not talking, there was obviously original music there that they didn't pay for. Yeah. I guess they thought it was just, you know, like, hmm, I guess they just thought it was dramatically important enough to well, play that. Well, yeah, I guess, well, I guess so. And maybe it didn't cost all that much. It could have been a cheap recording, even, yeah. yeah. Who knows? You see, and the thing is, is that the, even when it was what's his face from the Thunderbirds, and why I can't remember his for his name, but anyway, yeah. um, it, because it's not, it was, it's not a song like he sang that song, but yeah, they would only have to pay for music rights. Yes. Like it wasn't recorded other than for this. It's not exactly. like no, no, there I mean, there's some movie they have to pay him to record a performance, yeah. but it's not the same as if they had been buying a performance of that song. He is there live singing that song. Yeah. You're right. They just have to pay for the publishing rights of that song. Yeah, and remember they, they paid him to perform. Of, of course, yeah, yeah. And he, I'm sure they paid him well to <laughs> yes. Okay. Like he's he's a famous musician doing a great job, so I'm sure he got paid yeah. very well for that episode. Yeah. So I uh, think that uh, you know, and and I do think that to some extent, some of these people could have waived these yeah. massive fees. Now, I mean, the music arc is a different story, but you know, I mean, Stairway to Heaven still strikes me as the one that God, you know, just pay for it. Yeah, the problem is Stairway to Heaven is like, it is notoriously difficult to get yeah. Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah. They specifically don't license them. Yes. So that one, like, what a miracle they got it the first time. Yeah. And, you know, 12 years later, talking about DVD rights, I'm sure Led Zeppelin just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, 
And he meets a woman there who comes up and asks him, did you, uh, you, hey, you won the the costume competition last night. And he kind of blows her off because he's in a bad mood. And it's like this woman who is sweet looking and blonde and has a ponytail. And it's like (laughs) the perfect matching 50s woman. Yeah. (laughs) In every way. And they dance to sleepwalk and not sleepwalk. Oh my God. Only have eyes for you. Yeah. Only have eyes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, okay, they're just showing, like, they're just really sitting in the fact that everything he has chosen to turn himself into, like, is it was never going to work with Amber. Yeah. Well, what's inter- what's interesting about that, and you can't even say anything about her because she would have absolutely, she was at the dance the night before. Yeah. And she would have no idea that he was there with anyone. Exactly. Right? So as because far as Amber she... was off working the uh working the whole band Music. in the room the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And Benny might as well it, have not been there. Exactly. And that's that's the key. And it's like that's showing that he's never gonna be the central focus of her life the way he needs to. The way he was the central focus of his mother's life. Yeah. After, especially after their father, uh, the father died the way, let's face it with, uh, with Susan, he would have been the central focus of her life. Yeah. Like the, I mean, I'm not saying that relationship was a healthy one or there was a future in it, but you can say that it appealed to him because the way she was, she would have fully devoted herself to being a wife and mother had that been possible. Yes. Like, you can totally believe that she would have. And it's like, and that's what would have uh, drawn him to her. Not just the danger, not just the sexiness, but the fact that it's like the full commitment of this woman. And that just isn't a thing that Amber could ever offer. And I'm not saying that's something you have to offer in a relationship. I think people in a relationship have to be individuals as well who work well together. I think completely devoting yourself to someone is a dangerous thing. And the fact that the fact that Vinny expects that to happen with his wife is pretty troubling. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty clear that that's what's going on. I'm not sure that everybody picks up the cues anymore. No, um, not. but and I suspect that there hasn't been. I I'd have to look at the academic literature, but I bet you there isn't an awful lot of discussion of wise guy because I guarantee of, there's not. No, yeah, and, and a lot of people didn't see it um, mm-hmm. when it was on, but it is it is a fascinating um, episodes for all the different reasons that we're talking about throughout all of this, like it's prescience, yeah. but also it's it's raw depiction of these particular characters yeah. and who they are. I mean, they address the damage of the Vietnam War with Roger. Mm-hmm. you know they they did and that you're looking at well not just the vietnam war american empire building yes as a project. american yeah american empire building as a project right yep um you you like they address so many different things in this and um and it is definitely you could use it as a mm-hmm. I, I still don't see how you really run courses because 
it is like I keep thinking I can use bits and pieces, but when you don't have the full context of everything, yeah, you know, like I did do those clips from the rag trade, mm -hmm. but they don't work because you have to get as well as they could because the, you have the, to yeah, watch. the macro context of all of this. Yeah, you have to have the macro context for those little bitty pieces to make the kind of sense that they make when you see see the whole arc. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's the same thing with this. Like, but this episode could be played just to talk when you talk about sort of attitudes, be uh, at least Vinny's attitude. Oh yeah. You know, not so much and at the end of the 80s. We're talking here now in the early 90s, right? Yeah, this is the early 90s at this point. By this point, it's the early 90s, right? Yeah. So it is um, looking at, and it is looking at the transition, the male-female mm -hmm. role transition, and Vinny wants no part of it, clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, but there she is. I mean, Isaac couldn't have cared less. Yeah. You know? And... Um, you know, it, and so, yeah, it's just like, just like I said, when we were watching the music, music art, Deirdre Hall would have been, uh, you know, the Kim Kardashian if they'd said. Yeah. Oh, no, she, they would have built, yeah. she would have been the star of a reality show. Yeah. Like and if it, this were, if this were today, like could, there she, would be a reality show about like this woman in the music industry and her awful husband and her parties and her affairs and I like well absolutely yes. it would have absolutely and this could she could have or she could have been an oprah and he yeah. could have been a stedman yes that's true because they've been together forever they never got married but nope. they've been together forever the whole time mm -hmm. she has her own bit business and the rest of it he has his own world and they yep. still are devoted to one another it's fascinating so you could you could actually take that relationship and that was part of it too. If I'm looking bigger at male-female relationships, yeah, here, um, that that was that stress was there between um, Nuquay, right? Yeah, and then what was her name? Uh, who? Diana? No, no, dear Amber. Dear. Oh, Deirdre Hall. Oh, Claudia. Claudia. Why yeah, yeah. Claudia Newquay. I was going Clarissa. No, no, I couldn't. Okay, but but that that relationship and that tension was there. It was a different reason that Newquay yeah. couldn't because for whatever. I mean, we've already discussed all of that. Yeah, we we've talked about him at length. In this case, Vinny just has these outmoded stereotypes of what it means to be a man. Yep. Very outmoded for that particular time now there mm -hmm. has been a rise and i could see him being a jordan peterson today <laughs> god yeah christ uh, excuse me but um if if he doesn't change and ultimately he doesn't not really but he never ends well up. we're going to talk about that as we go into the end of the sea like there's there's some stuff to talk about later which we will talk about yeah and and like we'll address whether we feel at the end of the show we're going to address whether we feel like Vinny ever learned anything <laughs> in the whole run of the 
the show. Did in the whole run of the show, did Vinny ever actually learn anything? Is the question we're going to address. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, let's, I mean, yeah, I yeah, think we've covered the arc. We've we covered. We've covered the arc. We've covered. No, we have. Yeah. Uh, we. I mean, it all. anyone who listened to that whole last all three hours—that's an exaggeration, but not that much—of that last episode knows that we had said everything we have to about Albert and the uh, and the commission. Yeah. But I, I will say, I will do my sign off, and I know I didn't, I didn't expect to come out to get to a point when we were doing it when we started this rewatch that I would be more in favor of Albert now than I had been when I first watched it 30 years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to say what I, uh, I said. Um, I'm going to say this for real. My, my takeaway is Albert did nothing wrong. There. That's my takeaway. <laughs> That's my takeaway of the entire heir to the throne mafia family arc. Albert did nothing wrong. <laughs> there we go. That's it. And here endeth the reading. <laughs> that is the that is the final statement on the subject. <laughs> okay, so uh, that is that. Thank you so much for joining us for this. Um, obviously, it was a it was a weird episode, and I I genuinely believe it's one of the best. Uh, because as we've always said, the best between uh between arc episodes are the ones that like genuinely reveal stuff about the characters and give you more of a look into Vinny's uh Vinny as a person and the other characters as people and I think this one absolutely succeeds in doing that better than almost any other time the show tried to do it yeah this this, and... this one I thought for whatever reason I mean I've watched this too like you yeah. three four or five times yeah from beginning to end but i never really paid as much attention as i did as you are this time. doing this right yeah and that and you, that's you what learn a lot and so many things struck me i mean i was just when i was watching it yesterday and paying close attention and i'm just going oh dear. wow they're wow, really saying I'm stuff <laughs> they're really saying stuff here that i didn't notice uh and the key thing is and this is the the big takeaway it really is like this is why season um season three is such a tragedy because i am sure there's going to be stuff to discuss in the next three episodes <sighs> but that's the problem there shouldn't be three episodes to talk about like we should not have for because this one is vitally important because it is a downtime episode but it is a downtime episode that serves a as a denouement for what we just watched and for Vinny's uh for really this and the music industry arc for like and for showing us that Vinny like is there is a pathology to the way he does his job and the fact that he could never get out of it and, there is there's and, a pathological element to it and even for Dan yeah oh absolutely for Dan Yep. 100% for Dan. Oh my God. All right. And that is so fascinating and it's so important for them to say and for us to learn. And I am just going to come out here now and say, while there might be good stuff in the next few episodes, they're not going to like teach us on this level. Well, I think the only of all of the, what are, what are the next three episodes? Okay. It's uh, uh, let me just, let me just load it up. I should have had it right in front of me already, so I apologize for that. 
All right, uh, wise guy. All right, so the next three episodes are How Will They Remember Me? Uh, spoiler alert, Vinny plays his dad. Oh, God, help me. This one could have been left out. Well, no, it, no, it, it could have been left out. We'll talk about it as we yeah. go, but I, I have similar feelings about this one. People do it all the time. Another episode with Dan and his daughter and his daughter's husband. That could have been left out. Could have left out. And the reunion, which is actually, fun fact, uh, high on the list of possibles for the worst episode of Wise Guy ever. <laughs> like, you could have cut these three episodes out and nothing. No, you never. I mean, we are obliged to watch them. Yeah. But I, I think we're going to cover all three next week, right? Like, do you really want to drag this out? No, not at all. The only, the only sort of, as far as I'm concerned, single episode that ever, that that needs to be there in in this whole corpus Season, is yeah. Bettendorf. Oh, to die in Bettendorf is. We honestly might do we might do something weird and talk about three thirteen and three fifteen one week and then just devote a whole episode to to die in Bettendorf. Yeah, because... when we get there. Yeah, because oh. it was. It's such a sad, well, it's sad, such a sad and brilliant and beautiful episode. And I yeah. went and I rewatched it to see if it was good as I remembered it. And it is. It is. It begins. Well, it, okay. It, well, we'll, we're not going to spoil it for people. Let, let's end this now. All right. But next week, if, if you want to keep on this ride of like, we're not going to blame you if us. you skip, if you skip to the next time there's a story arc but if you're here for the uh if you're here for the filler episodes three filler episodes next week 306 how will they remember me 307 people do it all the time 308 the reunion uh join us back here for that next week all right and for now um if you have any questions if you have any comments if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you. If you're listening to us on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate or review it. Or you know what? Both. Uh, because that's how people find out about the show. We'll see you back here next week. But until then, we'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.